Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another segment of Into the Creepy and the Bizarre. Now this is part two of why I gotten into the paranormal. And we're going back to the uh, farmhouse that I was telling you about on the first segment. Um, there's a lot of crap went on there. And um, that place is highly, highly uh, haunted. Well, when one night we was... Uh, Sitting around watching TV. While my parents and my older brother was. Me and my younger brother. Had to get up early to go to school. The next day. So we got in the bed. And on top of the ridge. Was this loud scream. And then seconds later. It was on the next ridge. The same scream. It was back and forth. I know a good 45 minutes to an hour. And now the holler we lived in was two miles long. And at the end of the, at the beginning of the holler, um, there's an old man who had horses. These screams echoed the entire holler and, um, the horses, they, they all freaked out and got loose. Um, the screams, I, I, if I had to, uh, put a, uh, a face on these screams or what they sound like, I would have to say, I don't know, um, there's a mixture between a woman's blood-curdling scream and... Mixed her with an ape, maybe. It it was it was terrifying. It was so bad it scared every animal in that in that whole entire hollow. And um the I don't know, the, the people in, in that whole entire hollow heard it, freaked everybody out, and um to this day we really don't know what it was well the next day after I we got off of school and we did our chores took care of the animals and everything uh, me and my older brother we walked to the top of the hill back there and on the see the Jingy Wiley trail came through the property so we, we started walking on the trail and the only footprints we saw was these big, huge... It looked like... I don't know. There, there was a cloven hoofs. Sort of like a, what a cow would have or a goat or whatever. But these things as big as a dinner plate. And on each side of the hoof had these tines that came off to the side. And... The width in between each foot... I say it was a good four or five foot apart from each other. I don't know if it was if it was running or if it was staying still. Standing still. But um 
it, it, it was, um, it was really freaky. Now, another account that we had on the property was in, we had this big tobacco barn. The barn was huge. And, um, me and my two brothers and my friend, we was in the barn loft. We had the center part set up. We had a little radio up there. We had some old van seats sitting around with an old toolbox in the middle. We played cards on it and stuff. And, um, we was up there just ha having fun. We sneak around and we chewed, uh, snuff and chewing tobacco. Because my, my parents wouldn't allow that at the time. We got in a lot of trouble. Um, out of the blue, my, uh, my dad was at the end of the barn, and out of nowhere, this saw blade come flying out of nowhere and stuck right inside the, uh, post next to my dad's head. Now, this buried into the post, so, uh, past the teeth. So, it, it was a devil to get out. I mean, it was... It was, you know, it, it was in there good. Um, of course, my dad thought one of us boys had done it. Trying to pull a prank on him, but we wouldn't have done something so reckless to him. Because one mistake, it, it would kill my dad. Um, we had... We've, we've heard a story. So on top of the ridge back there, there's an old foundation to an old cabin that used to be there. And the story is, because there's a pauper cemetery back there as well. So everything is all grown up around. These boys' dad, he was bitten by a rabid dog. Somehow, the father got loose and was went raving mad around the, running around the uh, hillside. And the, so the sons uh, took off after him, trying to catch him to take him back into his home. But well, one of the boys shot him in the leg to maim him so they can catch him and get him back. But he bled out before he was uh, tucking back into the cabin. And this happened, I'll say, around the tw 1920s, 1930s. Um... I, I heard that story, you know, it sent chills up my back, and the thing was, that old foundation, see the, had the floor and the chimney still there, but the rest of it was gone, but me and my younger brother, we used to go back there and play on that, but after we heard this story, we kind of found elsewhere to play, we had a 125 acre farm, it was all woods, so we, we played back there in the woods and stuff, And uh, the farm that we was raised up on, uh, I say again in the 40s, 50s, maybe even the 60s, uh, in one summer, one of the sons fell off top of the barn and broke his neck and killed him. Um... Also, in the same summer, one of the other sons fell down the well and drowned. And also, 
one day during the summer, the same summer, uh, one of the boys, one of the dad, his dad, well, how that go? One of the other boys was back there in the holler, plowing with a team of mules or horses, and a thunderstorm rolled up, and it scared the mule, the horses so bad it drug, it drug that that boy out of the holler through the yard into the barn splattering the boy's brains and and skull up against the barn well this done a toll played a toll over on the dad so dad went back into the master bedroom and shot himself now we tried patching um, you know when we moved in those holes were still in the ceiling from a shotgun We've patched them, we painted over them, and everything else. They keep bleeding through. Not the blood, but the holes. And, um, we always, that always kind of bothered us because it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was really, really creepy. Um, my older brother, he had uh, quite a few experiences when he slept upstairs. Um, one experience he had what felt like a, a woman sitting on the foot of his sits down at the foot of his bed every night and wakes him up. He sits up and there's lo and behold there's no one there. Um, one night he was getting ready to doze off to sleep and something white flew ran past him, jumped onto his bed and dived out the upstairs window. He rolled over and looked out the window, and um, there wasn't a soul outside. There wasn't nothing. Um, we always... Well, another account, we always downstairs watching TV one evening. And um, the ceiling fan was rocking back and forwards, and you can hear what it sounded like. A bunch of people running around upstairs. Well, personally, it sounded like two grown men was upstairs fighting. Well, we all went upstairs. We checked it out. Wasn't nothing. Well, later on that night, my brother went upstairs, went to bed. Something woke him up. He opened his eyes. He rolled over. In the next bedroom over in the doorway was the Civil War soldier was standing there. Uh, look, just staring at him with a puzzled look on his face like why are you here so the house was a a post during the civil war this house was extremely old and um, he kind of just faded out you know he just faded out um one evening my dad was outside going to get some firewood and something caught him in the corner of his eye he looked up in front of the house up on the bank was this woman and two children two small children they dad thought well they went over the hill on their car they, they bent over to pick up to lay down the firewood and raise back up they was going Dad went up on the bank and looked. 
There was no foot feet prints in the snow. There was no trace of anybody that was there. Um, what was it? Later on that night, <coughs> excuse me, later on that night, my dad, he got up to go use the bathroom. And when he came back through, heading back to bed, he happened to glance out the uh, front door window and there was this man dressed in a Civil War attire sitting on the back of the horse. And if you ever seen snow in, in the light, how it glistens, that's, that's, that's what he done. It's like, like he just blew away. And uh, just kind of melted into the night. Um, now, my younger brother, he was, uh, asleep in bed one night, and he was awoken by something on top of him with the covers pulled around his neck, choking him. And, um, and we finally alerted us in the house, and we jumped up and jerked the covers off of him. He had this big red ring around his neck with look like finger marks as well. And uh, that's when we really started questioning everything, you know, when starting assault the people in the house as if him getting scratched and uh, punched in the head wasn't enough. Well, you know, weeks, I think months with went uh went by now this is during the summer now and um we was outside working the garden i went to go i went to the house to go inside to use the bathroom and get a drink of water and this man was sitting in one of the chairs in the front room he had bibs on just, just sitting there but his head was not there and as a as a little boy, I freaked out to around ringing, you know. That's, but he he looked like he had a maybe a white t-shirt or a light blue t-shirt on with a pair of uh, blue jean bibs. And um, these images, you know, the these happened like thirty years, thirty some years ago, and they still burnt into my head to this day. And I'm forty years old. Um, I know I'm probably going about this real fast and everything. I should explain things better. Uh, but, you know, I'm talking about this. and makes, It makes me pretty nervous. <laughs> um, one night during the summer, our cattle behind the barn was going all nuts, bawling, making weird noises and stuff. So my dad, he jumped up, put his shoes on, and grabbed the long-barreled shotgun. Walked down the road to the behind the barn, and this... Uh, I don't know what you would call it. It, it was, To me, it sounds like Bigfoot, but it can be most anything. But whatever this was, was huge. I say... I don't know the way he described it, like six, six and a half, seven foot tall. 
it was, the thing was solid black he, our big um, black bull that we had he shoved it completely down dad shot this thing right dead in the chest with the, with the long barrel shotgun it that thing makes a lot made a loud uh, loud scream he just faded off into the woods horse it can run well the next day we went out there looking around in the daylight we we saw we found nothing no blood no hair no no prints or nothing but at the top of the hill where our the the fence to the cattle the cow fences and stuff is at the barbed wire was ripped down as if something's crossing over top of it and there was some black fur caught up in the barbed wire and uh you know that kind of got us questioning things and thinking about things a little bit more often and me and my two brothers we had made a promise to each other we won't be going outside in the dark anymore which sucked because me and my younger brother we like being outside in the dark we play hide and seek and everything in the dark we just use flashlights um that's why we have the rule no one goes in the woods at night now we had a child dog her name was ginger she was a reddish colored dog and we my dad's trained her to, to hunt we gotten coons and squirrels and groundhogs and everything else with this dog well at night it has something treated up in the woods so we would go up there in the woods looking for it looking for the dog and whatever she has treated up in the tree <laughs> and um All the way around us, you can hear what sounds like growls and panting and wheezing and stuff like it coming from all the way around us. But it's it, it was out of eyesight. The brush was real thick and condensed. We had to fight our way through the brush just to get to the dog. And when we got there and looked up in the tree, it wasn't a damn thing up there. And... Um, Usually, a coon or something like it will jump from tree to tree to elude the dog. But um, the thing was, there wasn't a tree. There wasn't trees close enough for it to jump out into another tree. And this tree had no branches. It was it was a dead snag. So we walked all the way around it, shined the flashlights up in it and everything, and there wasn't a thing. And then ginger the dog she alerted on something in the brush so she took into the brush after it and uh when she did it sounded like something five six hundred pounds took off running away from us and the dog chased after it and so we fought our way back through the brush off of the hill back down to the yard we had like a the yard i'll say it was maybe a three acre four acre yard it was a big yard we finally got down to the yard on the edge on the wood line and finally our dog mysteriously just 
came came back from the opposite side of the yard where she ran, where she took off at. She didn't cross in front of us, cross behind us. It was almost like she hit like a a portal or something that transported her to a different location, but you know. But I'm I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this this place it, it, it was a screwed up place. Until this day, I want you to drive past there. No one lives there. There was one other family that lived there after we did. And they stayed maybe six months. Now the doors kicked in. The place has grown up so bad you can't really see the front porch. There's not a soul that will step foot on the whole entire property. That ground, it was damned. It wouldn't hardly grow a lot of stuff. Our cattle would just die for no reason. It'd be healthy and everything one day, the next day it'd be dead. And there's not a mark on it. No signs of poisoning or anything like that. It's almost like they died of fear like something scared it so bad it had a heart attack and died and if you guys ever been close to a cow they're like 2,000 pound if I had to guess and um, those things was a bitch to hook up to the truck and drag up into a, in the, in the little holler behind the house and they laid up there for almost three years and not once did offer the rot which we thought was really odd because usually three years it should be nothing but bones. And one day during squirrel season, we were back there hunting squirrel, and it's like something dragged that big old cow off. You can see the drag marks. And there's nothing in the woods around here that can drag off 2,000 pound animal. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I don't know, it was, it was astonishing. Now, I'm going to tell you why I don't even like mirrors. I won't, I won't look into a mirror if I, I don't have to. I know it sounds stupid, far-fetched, ignorant, whatever you would like to call it. I was getting ready for bed one night. So, you know, I do my morning, my nightly routine, go back there, take a leak, go brush your teeth, get ready for bed. My first encounter was this woman standing there looking at me in the mirror. Just stared at me for, for a few minutes and just turned and walked away and just disappeared into the, uh, like I walked past the mirror and disappeared. Now that's, that's where it started freaking me out. And throughout the years I've seen uh, black dogs in the mirror. I've seen things that no other thing it could be is a demonic presence. And uh, after that, that, that really that really screwed me over on the mirrors. My little brother, one morning was getting ready for school 
he had his gloves on because it was colder than the crap outside. And he punched and broke one of the mirrors in the bathroom because he saw something. <coughs> I don't know if that was a good idea or not, but um, that happened. Sorry, I was taking a drink of my energy drink. Um, was, that place, like I said before, it was damned. Um, it's like one of us was either getting hurt every day or something bad happened to us every day or something goes wrong up there or costs us a lot of money or a lot of hard work just to fix it. <coughs> And, um, it's gotten to the point we really couldn't stay after, what, I think 20 years, I think we stayed up there. And, um, we just couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't stay much anymore after that. Uh, our health, everybody's health was going downhill, my dad's health went downhill. Me, I stayed sick 24-7. Me, I, I have diabetes and I'm asthmatic as well. And um, my, my asthma was acting up so daggone bad. It's like I was either in the hospital or hooked up to a breathing machine all the time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we had to. I, I had a bad feeling one of us would probably died if we didn't now a lot of people they'll uh, report seeing apparitions during the during nights and stuff like that well we saw it during day and night i could be in the woods by myself and see someone standing there looking at me or something uh, my parents would be in the house and see something walk past someone walk past the uh, kitchen door or um, someone looking in the window at them, or you hear someone run across the front porch, and um, I don't know. And one day during the summer, me and my little brother got up on the hill on the bank up there in the woods. We took Dad's shovel and mattock. And we dug this big old square hole out, and we piled we piled up rocks and dirt and limbs and tin in front of it. We made it like like a little military bunker like thing. We we go up there and we hang out and play and act silly and stuff. But one day, my I stayed home from school. I wasn't feeling good, so I thought I'd go up there and kind of hang out a little bit. And all of this, all of a sudden, we just had a bunch of whispering. It's like millions of people whispering at once from all the way around us, around me, and I couldn't pinpoint where, where in the hell is this coming from? And as, as a middle school kid, I was freaking out. And probably about maybe 150, 200 feet behind me, it has another big hill cycle straight up to the top of the ridge. Well, for some reason, there was an old dead snag on top of that ridge. And I happened to look up there, and I saw this thing on that dead snag. And y'all may think I'm full of shit here, but I'm, I'm telling you, 
I know what I saw. To me, it looked like a gargoyle. <laughs> and uh, I'm not saying that's what it was. I'm, to, to a kid, that's what it looked like. But this thing was like a grayish, greenish, whitish color. But it was just sitting up on top of there, staring down at me. And it was hairless. And what... You know, that, that really scared me. What got me the worst was the eyes. The eyes, I cannot come close to even describing them to you. It was, it was piercing. It was like they were looking deep into my soul. And it was, I don't know, it was almost like it was glowing almost, the way it looked. But it was looked like it, that thing was smiling or showing his teeth or whatever it was. But it, it was staring right at me. And um, I jumped up, ran off that big old steep hillside down to the house, scared to death. And for about two, maybe two and a half weeks after that, I was sick every day. I was vomiting. I was, I don't know, I was going through like shakes and sweats. and Made several trips to the doctors and they couldn't figure out what was going on with me. Finally, you know, I gotten better from that and went away. Uh, there at that house, you can, it's nothing to hear, hear people talking. Someone hollers your name or hear someone talking all the time and your mood or everybody's mood just fluctuates up and down one minute you're happy next minute you're mad or sarcastic or snipping snapping at each other I don't know that's just just something really horrible about the place and like I said before that that the ground there was damned. The well, you'd be drinking that water one day, and the next day that water tastes like it was like rotted meat. Don't don't understand that. <clears throat> now, as I dug up some info about the place, and uh, and the previous people who lived there before us and after us. There was a lot of witchcraft and satanic stuff was happened there at that house. Which would explain why that tablet thing that we found back there in the woods. Because you can go up there behind the holler and there's an oak tree. And you, by the oak tree, it's, it's, there's a little tiny creek. And it comes in between the... That little, that little dirt road we walked on and the oak tree is like a little tiny narrow creek and and out of the woods was like a little rock almost like a rock bed that went back into the woods so far had like a, almost like a little waterfall like thing and on the side there it looked like someone chiseled out a big square hole the hole probably went in maybe two foot and there was a couple uh, rock slabs laying in there with some markings carved out on it. 
well, me and my little brother, we busted them all the pieces. You know, with kids not knowing what we're doing. And, um, that's, I don't know, things seemed like it gotten worse. It wouldn't be nothing. You'd be sitting on the front porch at night. You'd be seeing like little lights in, in the woods. And this one night in particular, my brother had had an experience. He was walking up the road in front of the house to the top of the ridge up there because there's some people parked parked back there, and they usually dump out their trash, and we have to run them off. And uh, over in the woods, if y'all see ever seen Predator. These uh, three lights that comes into a triangle on their target before it shoots. Well, it was sort of something like that. But after a while, the lights would split up and go different directions. And you then you start hearing whispers and things walking around in the brush. Um, you could be sitting there at night... It's like something swerps the side of the house. You go out there and it'll be nothing. The, um... <laughs> that, that place, I'm telling you, it's... <clears throat> it's, uh... It's definitely, definitely an anomaly of paranormal activity. And, um... Till this day, me, my two brothers, my parents will never have never stepped foot back on that place, and nor will we ever step foot back on that place. Um, but the uh, we have found because you go upstairs in the house, and there's like little openings that you had boards over top of it. You go back into like different parts of the eaves of the house. We have found different uh, things. We found uh, old clothing that dated back, I said, at least through the 50s. And we found things that looked like wands, like the, like the witches use. Um, we found rocks. It's been well, images carved out into them. Uh, we found part of an old Ouija board. Back and back and underneath a bunch of stuff, and um, and uh, we found uh, what was it like a talisman was thrown back in there. And if you don't know what a witch's ladder is, and then to research it, it's it's like three different types of twine woven together with like feathers and different things shoved into it for like protection or curses use them for whatever uh, we found several of them back in there uh, we used to make fun of the people who lived there before us and uh, because of the stuff they claim they've seen and they've admit that they have conjured up into the house we, we thought well, they were just crazy. Thought they were just plumb full of it. The first year or two that we lived there, it was quiet. Nothing. 
everything's great and then I'll just gradually start picking up little by little ended up we ended up with bruises on us that we don't know how it got there scratches on us we don't know how it got there bite marks human bite marks on us and we for the life of us we have no idea to this day we don't know how they got there you lay stuff down in that house they just disappear on you and uh or well pump just out of the blue goes bad and electricity gets shut off at the house and don't know why have to have an electric company come up look and they couldn't figure out why the electric is off um be you can be back there in the bathroom it's like something you can you ha- always have a feeling that something is standing there right with you watching you no matter where you went in the house you couldn't have anything religious hanging up in the house it disappears or mysteriously falls off the wall and gets destroyed and uh you bring a bible or something like that in the house and it's like the house comes alive whatever's in the house did not like anything religious godly now I have been reluctant to tell you this story that is coming up right now um because the people that I have told this story to before they laughed at me said I watched too many scary movies now granted I love my horror movies I love them and this is way before the Annabelle movies came out and it's your choice if you want to believe it or not it's fine if you don't my mom had an old doll that she had since she's been a little tiny girl well we had it upstairs uh, packed away and with a bunch of other stuff that that was up there and my older brother claimed he's seen it move around up there upstairs and i'm telling you me and my little brother's bedroom was downstairs and I have seen that doll in the doorway of our bedroom many times. And uh, just one day that doll just up and disappeared. We have looked that house over, could not find it. We cra- I crawled into the crawl spaces, which that was a stupid move. I shouldn't have been in those crawl spaces looking for this doll and nothing. So, none of us have any idea what happened there. Um, my mom had a rosary. We're not Catholic, but it belonged to a family member that passed away. But we had a rosary. And... It really, it just disappeared on us, and... Um, found it one day it was out in the yard it's like something tuck it and threw it out there in the yard we hit it with the weed eater 
No, I take it back. It wasn't a weed eater. It was the lawnmower. And it got wrapped around the blade of the lawnmower. So, my dad stopped the lawnmower and dug around there and found the rosary. It was wrapped around there. Well, of course, you know, three honorary boys. Dad, we got blamed for that. And, uh, we really got our hides tanned real good for that. And, um... And, uh, you know, we, we all of us were. We even got to ourselves and that talking about it. We, n- neither one of the three of us knew anything about it. And, uh... <laughs> and, uh... T- we still don't know how it got out there. Unless whatever was in the house did not approve of it and threw it away. Threw it out. Um... We'll be sitting on the front porch at night, just hanging up as family, and down the road to the right, over in the brush, that, that, that used to be cleared off years and years and years ago, but we heard bluegrass music, just playing a lot like it was on the radio, just playing clear as, clear as a bell. Well, my dad thought, well, you know, someone's pulled off down there, he's going to go down there and run them off. Because we didn't allow people on our property. Because you never know what people has in mind. Well, he walked down the road. And he was walked over into the brush where the sound was coming at. And the music stopped. And there was no trace of not one person there. So, uh... I'm sure that had to freak my dad out a little bit. So my dad walked back up. And, um, we, we came back on the front porch, explained to us there wasn't nothing there, no one there, but he's heard the music. And a couple places, it looks like the cherry at the end of a cigarette would just light up in different locations. And, uh, nothing there. It faded away just as quick as it came. And the orbs at night coming down from the house... Some some nights will be like a blue color, some be white. And that, that barn, there's always something going on in that barn. And in one of the rafters that looked like a part of a rope looked like someone was hung there. There's no way you could have anything tied up there because it would be a pain to hide any to shimmy across them narrow rafters to get to that location. So, we don't know if someone's been hung there and and part of that rope is still there or what. But the rope was definitely old. Um, Things would happen to our chickens like something got in there and killed them. We thought maybe a rat or a weasel or a coon or maybe it was a possum. We looked that whole chicken coop over. There's nothing. There's no way anything get in or out of it. So we stuck our dog back in there. Our dog was good with other animals and stuff. The next morning, uh, there was still two hens was killed on the nest, and um, no trace of anything. There wasn't no teeth marks. There wasn't no nothing done with the chickens like like it was 
I don't know, like like someone grabbed the chicken and broke his neck. <coughs> that that place had a huge, huge toll, had a huge effect on everybody. Even that we had visitors come in for a couple hours, their mood starts changing. They start uh, hearing things, seeing things, so they they get freaked out and leave. You know, rightfully so. But at the time, you know, we we didn't have no money. We we couldn't just pick up and pack up and leave until we was able to find us another location down here in South Shore in the town. And uh, that's where we moved to finally, and then we moved down to a place called Beattyville down here in South Shore as well and that's where I li- we lived at till I graduated high school and then we moved out back out into another part of the country in, in South Shore and uh, eventually I got married and here I am now but this these two segments part one and two it's the reason why I gotten into the paranormal, the supernatural and stuff. Because the the things that happened that you know that uh, I experienced and my family experienced throughout the years uh, left me with so many questions. Made made me so curious, as well as I feared. You know, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't scared, if it didn't scare me. Everybody gets scared of that crap, you know? And that's when I started the ghost hunts and everything else. But, um... If anybody out there who is listening to this could have... Could shine a light on anything that I've told you... In, in this, in part two and part one of, the, of, of my podcast, please, please do so. And I've been a paranormal investigator for 19 straight years, and I have never ran into a, another location as haunted as this. Um, now, granted, we've we've done quite a bit, thousands of investigations. And we've gotten a lot of evidence and a lot of, a lot of videos and, and photos and stuff and recordings. But none of it was nothing like this. But I've, it would be very much appreciated if anybody out there could have, would, could share their thoughts on, on, on this situation. Uh... But I, I am no longer a paranormal investigator. But I am getting more into the cryptids. Which will follow uh, previ- my next videos coming up. Or future videos. I ain't going to say my next one. And um, please feel free to chime in and drop a message. Let me know what you, what you think about this video. About my shows and stuff. And... Um, and uh, share your insights. So if, if you have any experiences, I'd love to hear them.
And um, I, I do appreciate each and every one of you guys for tuning in and listening to me sit around and uh, talk talk actions. Uh, y'all get a chance if you like goofy videos or a lot of stupidity or whatever. I, I do, I, I really enjoy doing uh, YouTube videos. It's something that I enjoy. I've been doing it since the beginning of COVID. Uh, me eating hot peppers. Uh, some I'm shooting some guns, me and my son is, or fishing, or just what have you. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff on there. There's, there's something for everybody. Uh, come check me out. It's called Night Squatch Prepper. Now, Night Squatch is together. You hit the space bar and then Prepper. And it's N-I-G-H-T-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H space bar P-R-E-P-P-E-R. You type that in uh, in YouTube uh, search engine and it will pop up my videos. And um, come come check me out. I'm trying different. I've done several videos on different hot sauces. Our trip to Salem and Boston, Massachusetts. Washington, D.C. Maysville, Kentucky. Just different places and it just, I, I didn't stick with one, one niche there. I've done multiples. So, uh, come check that out. And, um, if you like my videos and stuff, hit the like and subscribe. If not, you know, that's cool too. You know, everybody likes their own thing. Um, but this is my second podcast and I have to admit, I'm really enjoying the podcast, I think, better than doing my YouTube videos, to be honest with you. Uh, hopefully soon I'll be getting some equipment, some podcast equipment to, uh, so you guys can better hear me and, and stuff. And If you, y'all have any tips or uh, thoughts or ideas on me doing my podcast stuff, drop me a message and... I'm always open for constructive criticism. Thank you all for watching, my listening. Um, please stay tuned for my next video. Thank, thank you all very much. Bye bye.